and uh, we want Brother Gordon Poe to come. We're going to turn this service to him, turn us inside out, upside down, whatever we need, Brother Gordon Poe, God bless you. Everybody, let's clap our hands. Let's give the Lord a little praise. Hallelujah. Oh, he's a mighty God. Wonderful. Wonderful God. Hallelujah. We praise you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It's an honor to be with you again this year. And uh, what a marvelous meeting this has turned out to be every year. It's a highlight of, I was really delighted to see as many preachers uh, to, in the building. That's wonderful. I'm, I'm kind of shocked because I, I thought you couldn't have that many in one building at one time. That's what I've been told, but uh, we need to take a picture maybe. And uh, it's always a pleasure to be here at this church and uh, always uh, thinking of driving over today about Brother Randall again and great man, what he had vision he cast for years and then church living on beyond the vision of the visionary. That's a remarkable thing. And to be with the Bishop Upton, all of you fine men, and uh, was thrilled to hear that my friend, Brother Booker, been friends for a long time, preached for him and several times. And I'm glad he's, I hadn't seen him in a while, so I was glad to be able to be with him. I love to hear him preach. And uh, just glad that y'all allow me a little, I, I'm not very good at being smooth. I'm not like, uh, you know, good coffee that you drink and, it hits you a few minutes later. I'm kind of like Starbucks. It'll just bite you right when you swallow it. So <laughs> I hope you don't need some eloquent speaker. And uh, But I'm delighted to be here. And I pray that the Lord will use us to help people today in this congregation. If you could, let's get the Bible and turn to First Kings. I'm thanking the Lord for giving me back my voice. I preached, uh, I think it was either five or six times in three days. And and I'm not one to knows how to preach quietly. And so by the fifth or sixth time, whatever that was, I was telling the sound man, y'all better help me today. And then when I got home, my wife... Um, said miracles still happened because I couldn't talk. And um, I wrote down, but God will answer my prayer. <laughs> and so I'm thanking the Lord that he has given me this, the voice again. Pray for me tomorrow. I have to leave early in the morning. I'll be preaching a street service in Houston, Texas. Um, I'm of the old persuasion. I'm... I believe that if you're a preacher, you should never get too big to go in the streets. And all of you young men here that want a pulpit, if 
find you a corner and uh, door knock. Don't ever be proclaiming you're a preacher if you never, haven't ever won anybody to God. I'm old-fashioned. It's a little out of touch with our time. I understand that, but it's, uh, that's the way I believe it. If you can't give a Bible study and can't knock on doors, then uh, you're not a soul winner. You're just a person that needs a job. And uh, <laughs> I'm going to preach in a minute after I teach. But uh, tomorrow I'm going to be preaching. Last year we had 28 get the Holy Ghost. And uh, that's pretty good. That's, hallelujah. Out there in the street, one lady got a miracle. The Lord told me some things about another woman's past. And a lady came up with a palsy. And I said, when you put your hand in my hand, God's going to heal you right in front of everybody right now. I flipped over my hand. She reached over and put that hand in my hand. Quit shaking the next morning she's in church. Hallelujah. That's the way you got to do it. So, uh, you know, y'all pray for me. I go in blue jeans and sunglasses and all that stuff. I got to try to trick the devil. <laughs> Where I'm preaching, if you go in a suit, it scare everybody off. They think you're the cops <laughs> or the undertaker. <laughs> That's right, man. What was all that noise last night? The Bible says the 17th chapter, the second verse, and the word of the Lord came unto him saying, Get thee hence and turn thee eastward and hide thyself by the brook Kirith that is before Jordan, and it shall be that thou shalt drink of the brook. And I've commanded the ravens to feed thee there. Everybody say there. So he went and did according unto the word of the Lord. A lot of our problems would be if we'd do that right there. We could solve a bunch of them and we'd just do what the word of the Lord says. Because we can get our flesh to interpret a lot of things the way we want it to sound instead of the way it is. For he went and dwelt by the brook Kirith, that is before Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and flesh in the morning and bread and flesh in the evening. And he drank of the brook. And it came to pass after a while that the brook dried up because there had been no rain in the land. And the word of the Lord came unto him saying, Arise and get thee to Zarephath. Thank you, Lord, for the opportunity. Ask you, God, to help me as I minister the word. Let the seed go into the heart. Let it find good ground. Let it find good place to grow. Let there be a great fruit come from the message, from your word. I thank you for the opportunity to be here. I'm asking you, God, to help me. Speak what you would have me to speak for this hour and for this night. And I believe it in the name of Jesus. Everybody say in Jesus' name. Turn around and tell somebody you look better than me. You may be seated. Hallelujah. No doubt many of you preachers rest of us people have heard many messages 
that have come from these verses of Scripture. It's a common, well-preached story. And uh, at home, when I was thinking about what to bring the meeting, I stared at many, many messages and finally I kept coming back to this one. Elijah has been told by God to get eastward and hide thyself by the brook Kirith. That's before Jordan. And it shall be that when you drink of that brook, I'm going to send some ravens to feed you. The problem I want to address tonight for just a few minutes is a lot of us like to eat but don't like to drink. A lot of us like to hear the meat of the word of the Lord, but uh, we don't like drinking from the brook. Uh, the Bible says that he told Elijah, you drink first, and then I'll send the ravens. Because some people can't understand the value of the meat until they get the taste of the water. Some people can't understand the value of the word of the Lord until the Holy Ghost. I can see that Elijah, uh, when he gets to this brook, he is in the place where the Lord told him to be. There's a certain feeling that when you know you've heard from the Lord, you get to where you know the Lord wants you, there is a certain feeling of job well done. I've had situations years ago, I like to tell of this one, I went into, it's no secret, if you've been around me long, I like to drink Mountain Dews. And uh, I like to eat Hershey bars. And um, I told them years ago, I quit cocaine, but I ain't quitting everything. And um, <laughs> I can still cop a buzz by eating about six Hershey bars in a row. Cops pull you over, you just got nasty teeth is all. And uh, <laughs> so... I would always go in this store and get a Mountain Dew Hershey bar. And one day I'm back there in the back and the Lord tells me, pray for that lady. And I'm reaching in for the Mountain Dew and pray for that lady. And I thought, pray for what lady? Kind of turned around like, what lady? The only lady in the whole store is up there at the cash register. And I said, well, Lord, you know whatever she needs. Right now, I'm getting the Mountain Dew. 
and the Spirit impressed me. Pray for that lady. I had my hand in there. And I kind of turned around and I said, well, Lord, there's three cowboys in here with beer right now. Standing in a row up there, had beer under their arms. So God, whatever she needs, I want you to do it. Like he, it would take that to turn him on. And uh, so I pulled that Mountain Dew out and, and he said, now. Well, when he said it that way, <laughs> the hair on the back of my head kind of stood up. And you got to realize I'm in blue jeans and tennis shoes. So I walk up there, and I'm going to wait in line behind these other three guys who are checking out. And he said it again, now. Well, I'm thinking, well, these are some big old cowboys. And I said, uh, excuse me. And I kind of did this, and this guy said, hey, there's a line here. And I said, yeah, I'm not trying to check out. He said, what are you trying to do? I said, I'm going to pray for her. He said, what? And I said, I'm about to pray for her. I'm a preacher. And they just blankety-blank and dropped all that beer and took off. <laughs> cleaned out, cleaned that little rest, I mean, that little store out. And so the girl looks at me out of shock because one's got, one's got a six-pack right there. He just walked off. And I said, the Lord told me to pray for you. And she said, you know what? I knew something was different. Every day when you come in, I keep thinking something's different about that guy. And I said, well, here's what the Lord just showed me about you. And I began to tell her what the Lord showed me. And I said, and I'm going to pray for you right now. She began to cry. She began to weep. We began to pray. We didn't go into casting out devils and all that right there. We're just praying. But Wednesday night, we baptized her in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That was on a Monday. Two days later, she's in the water getting baptized. It feels good when you know that the Lord told you to do something. I imagine when Elijah got there, of course, you got to realize everybody else is in famine. And I imagine that when he got there, he's in a good mood. You know, I'm always in a good mood when somebody's eating soup and I'm eating a steak. I hate soup. Soup for sick people is what my mama used to say. You're sick? Yeah, get some, here's some soup. So I don't like soup. I don't mind if meat's floating around in it, but I don't like noodles and chicken and alphabets. I know all them alphabets. So, I, But, I, but I, I imagine Elijah was elated when he walks up. Everybody else is in a famine, and he walks up, and here's this wonderful, crystal clear brook, and, and, and he's looking at it, and he's going, man, look what the Lord has sent me to, a blessing. How many of you like to get a good old blessing? I like to get old good blessing in the Holy Ghost. I love to get a blessing in the Holy Ghost. I don't want no dry stuff. I don't want no dry preaching. I don't want no dry music. I don't want no dry hand clap. I don't want, I want some good stuff. I, I want some great stuff. I want some healthy stuff. I need a blessing. 
I can't understand people that come to church. I'm about to get a preach on me. That just want to sit there and nod their head. I didn't, you might not have all the mess on you that I got on me. I need God to move. I don't need anything. I need God to move on me. I don't care if it's Sunday morning, Sunday night, or Wednesday night. I need God. I need a blessing from the Lord. I need a blessing. I'm not talking about one of them little goosebump blessings either. I'm not talking about one of them little, oh, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh, Jesus, he moved on me tonight. I don't understand people that, that going through hell and high waters and then all of a sudden they get to church and they're going to sit there and wait upon the Lord. He'll renew their strength. You don't even understand what that means. Wait upon the Lord there does not mean wait. It means wait like a servant. It means what do you need from me, God? Do you need my hands? Do you need my feet? I'm going to wait on you whatever I can give you. Then God's going to give me something back. I don't know about you, but I'm going to clap my hands until my hands realize my hands are God's instruments. I'm going to stomp my feet. I need God to get his, I need some attention tonight. I... Look at somebody say, I like a blessing. You can be seated. I'm trying to. I'm a kind of strange cat, I guess, in this world. I pick up pennies. I ain't passing no penny by. I said, I'm going to talk to my boy. If you see a penny, pick it up. He said, well, it's just a penny. I said, yeah, but that penny might lead you to a nickel. One day we're at Walmart and I picked up a penny. Reached down and picked up a penny. I saw something under the car. Of course, my boy is a little more mobile than me. I said, look up in that car and see what that is right there. <laughs> he said, it looks like a dollar. I said, get out of my way. <laughs> you ain't going to get my blessing. Honey, I'll run over you if I've got to run over you. I'll jump on you if I've got to jump on you. But you are not going to get my blessing. I've got to have a move of God in my life. It doesn't make any difference what Lulu likes. It doesn't make any difference what Jimmy likes. Jimmy's cracking corn and nobody cares anyway. It makes a difference what I like. I've got to have a blessing. Somebody holler amen. Somebody say I want it. Somebody say I'm going to have it. I'm not letting the devil steal it, and I'm not letting a man quench it. I've got God on my side. You, you can be seated. I'm trying to. You remember when you first got the Holy Ghost? Maybe y'all wasn't like me. I don't know. I, I, 
I've never seen anybody that got the Holy Ghost that just stopped and went, hmm. I got it. Just get through speaking in tongues, turn around, tell everybody, oh. Whew. All right. What's next? When you got the Holy Ghost, you was radical. When you got the Holy Ghost, you turned around and looked at somebody wild-eyed and said, man, what in the world is all that that's up in me right now? You was excited about it. You were glad about it. You was telling everybody about it. You didn't care who you told. You told everybody. Because when you get a drink of the brook, honey, you know, my God, this is better than anything I've ever had. You may be seated. I'm trying to, trying to preach a little bit here. See, when I got the Holy Ghost, I was a drug dealer. I, one time, this dude was going to try to ruin my reputation after I got the Holy Ghost, and he was going to try to ruin my reputation you know, after I became a preacher. So they mailed my wife. They went down the courthouse, paid somebody to go down in the courthouse. All my records are in the 70s and 60s, and um, they're not even on CD disc. They had to go down there and find them in the basement. And so then they mailed them to my wife and said, we're going to expose him for what he truly is. And uh, so my wife calls me up crying, and she goes, you didn't tell me about all this. And I said, what? And she starts reading it all. I said, dude, I forgot I did that. <laughs> I said, oh, yeah, I remember that time. I said, keep reading. And she read some more, and I said, assault with intent. What year was that? She told me, I went, yep, yeah, I remember that. Sure did. I sure did. I kicked that dude's teeth slap out. I forgot about that. And she said, Gordon, down here, that says they're going to ruin you. I said, ruin me? <laughs> That's where I came from. You can't ruin me because I'm not in it anymore. I came out of it. Tell anybody you want about it, honey. I tell everybody about it. I'm telling everybody. I've got the Holy Ghost. I drink of that creek. So, so that night I got up and I was praying that afternoon, Lord, give me a message. Give me a message. Give me a message. Give me a message for this meeting. Give me a message. I got up that night and I said, I got a message for everybody on DVD and CD. Now, I've heard preachers aren't supposed to preach mad. I ain't never preached when I wasn't mad. I come up here mad. I drove up here ticked off. I got this morning mad. I'm mad at the devil. I'm going to stay mad at him because once I start getting mad at him, he's going to catch me. And I got up there night, that night and I said, if you think you're going to ruin me, I am going to give you every opportunity I'm about to preach, everything the Lord brought me out of, starting with the first one when I was 16. Honey, when I got through that list, I said, if anybody in this building is bad as that or worse, you can have the Holy Ghost tonight because if God can pull me out, he can pull anybody else out. Shake somebody and say, I believe it. Well, you can be seated. And uh, so when I got the Holy Ghost, you know, 
you got to go down there and you got to go down there and repent. And uh, who knew how to do that? I never even told anybody I was sorry, much less repent, which is more than I'm sorry. Ow, gotcha. Everybody's sorry when they're caught. It's the reason you don't mind forgiveness because forgiveness is easy. Repentance doesn't go back. So that's why we always say, the priest always says you're forgiven, which is not saying don't go back. You're just forgiven because you confessed. Now go back and you can be forgiven again because you can be forgiven seven times seven. Well, I'll preach on something else for a minute. But See, y'all love forgiveness, but y'all don't like repentance. So I'm down there, <laughs> I'm down there repenting now. You got to realize, and you know, one guy's going, you got to pour your heart out. The other guy's, give it up. You know, just screaming in your ear. You don't know which way is, you know, one guy's, hold on. The other one's, turn loose. And then an elder walked up and he said, now son, you're going to have to repent. And I said, now what, what do I need to do? He said, you need to ask God. And well, I started going down the list. Lord, when I was 16, I was caught Boone Farm apple wine going from James Weaver's car to mine. And God, I got thrown in jail and I started down the list. I got to about when I was 21 and the elder said, all right, son, all right, that's getting a little heavy. We don't know when the statute of limitations runs out on some of that stuff. Just tell him I'm sorry for all of it. And I said, all right, Lord, I'm sorry. I, was, I mean, I was going down the list as far as I can remember. And when I got the Holy Ghost, I, 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 I knew it. When I got the Holy Ghost, I mean, I spoke in tongues. I just didn't go, ba 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 and quit. I was like, drink deep, bubba, drink deep, drink deep. You don't have to go back to cocaine. You don't have to go back to crystal meth. You don't have to go back to marijuana. You don't have to go back to old Milwaukee. You don't have to go back to Jack Daniels. Drink deep, drink deep. Jesus did something for you that you could not have done for yourself. Drink deep. Mm. So I... I, I, I I turned around after I spoke in tongues for a while, you know. And I'm an old hippie. And I turned around and people are looking at me like, well, what do you think? And I didn't know how to say the religious stuff like, well, my God has filled my, my soul with his living spirit, sweeping out every dark corner of my heart, thus completing a process from the Old Testament to the New Testament, past the cross. I did not know. No, I, I'm like, what a rush. Some of them elders didn't even know what that meant. It was like, huh? I said, what a rush. Can we do this tomorrow night? And the bishop said, we can do this any night you want. I said, can we do it again right now? He just laid his hands on me and I did it again right then. You know why? Because sometimes when you're in the right place and the water's flowing freely, honey, when the blessings are flowing, it's time to drink. It's time to drink. It's time to drink. You can be seated. I'm trying to hurry. And, 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 and you know, when you first get the Holy Ghost, man, you're all cranked up. The preacher can get up and say, Jesus, and you're just, wow. 
you, the preacher can get up and say, I feel like God. And you're just already, what, 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 what? Well, God what? Where? You, you know, you, the preacher just gets up and says, I believe that somebody's going to get a blessing tonight. And you're the first one up. And you're like, me, 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 me. My preacher had to tell me to sit down. I was running the church before the song service. I saw a guy run the church. I said, can we do that? He said, well, if the Lord moves on you, and I said, well, if he don't move on you, can you just do it anyway? He said, if you feel like it, I said, Some people wait for God to drop kick them out of the pew. He ain't gonna drop kick your hide out of the pew. You're supposed to praise him for who he is. You're not supposed to wait upon him to move on you. You're supposed to move and he will inhabit the praise of his people. Somebody holler, yeah. You, you, you can be seated. Well, about four or five months, you know, and I'm trying to hurry, but listen to me. I, I, I didn't have all that, amen. Hallelujah. I'd get up and go, ah! The preacher ain't even never heard in a God of the Vita. It was like, what'd he say over there? I'd say stuff like, hit me. I got called in the office one day. He said, what in the world does hit me represent in your life? I said, oh, I thought you knew that, Bishop. Well, if you're in a card game, you need a hit. If you're doing some coke, you got to have a hit. If you got a marijuana cigarette in your mouth, you need a hit. If you do some cocaine, crystal meth, you got to have a hit. So when I'm saying, when I need a hit of the Holy Ghost. I don't know how y'all put it, but just hit me, Lord. Give me a hit. Give me a hit. I don't know how to say it, but I know what I mean. Give me a hit. I, I, I remember, I remember hardly sitting down in church. I'd stand up. That's right. I'd tell my preacher stuff, you're in my role now, plow. Stay right there while I need it. One time I preached his hide down. He, he, I stood right here for two hours. Finally, he's leaning on the pulpit and he said, Garden, would you go sit down? I'm about to die. Wore his hide out. Every time he'd say, I'm closing, I'd say, I, I can be dealing coke in the morning. You better keep preaching. Honey, when you want that Holy Ghost on you, there's nothing like it. There's nothing in this world like it. There is no substitute for the Holy Ghost. I don't care what you think there is out there. There is no substitute for the Holy Ghost. No substitute. You, you can be seated. I never will forget the night, this precious little saint of God, I think, amazing to me how pastors get all these people pregnant and then they say well you know the saint 
None of those saints fornicated. Food for thought. But you pastors call them all saints. I don't know if Jesus is, but you do. You're afraid to lose them anyway. <laughs> and pastors went, now, 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 now. He goes to the middle of my tie. I think we got problems. <laughs> Told y'all it's a little different. And um, so this precious lady, she comes up to me. She says, well, we just love you around here. We just love you. But, but we're going to get that rock and roll out of you. She said, we can all tell where you came from, your legs kicking and all that noise coming out of you and all that. She said, pretty soon, we'll pray it all out of you. And I, I'm just no country. And I looked at her and I said, pray it out of me. She went, yeah. And then you'll settle down. And I said, now hold it. If I'm going to wind up looking like you and act like you, quit praying right now. Because I ain't never going to be settled down. I've been fired up and I intend on staying fired up. I want the blessings of the Lord to flow in my life. You, you can be seated. I want the blessings, man. I remember getting drunk at church. Maybe some of y'all ain't never been wasted, or, or excuse me, drunk in the spirit. For God. I'm reverting back to my old vocabulary. There you go. Who's ripped? There you go. See, I used to walk out of church drunk, man. Just walk out of there sideways. I had the police in Longview stop me one night because and, and, I was driving over the line, a black cop, a white cop. They got me out. And three other preachers were over there at 7-Eleven. They whipped over at 7-Eleven. All of us was drunk. We didn't leave church there till about 12 o'clock. We was all drunk, partying high, old tie hanging off. We was all doing that. The cop tells me, get out of my car. I get out. He says, you know, assume the position. And I was going, oh, my car's hot. My car's hot. And he goes, <laughs> I knew what he meant, you know. He says, my hood was hot. And I was like, he said, put your hand. And so he said, where you been, the Rio? I said, no, no, I ain't been to no Rio, man. I've been to church. I got three preachers down here at 7-Eleven less than 20 yards away. All three of them are drunk, and they're hollering, put him in jail. He's drunk. Put him in jail. He's drunk. See, a lot of apostolics don't have fun in church. They don't understand that this is joy in the Holy Ghost. That's what my Bible says. You ought to leave church every night going, man, that was great. Man, that was awesome. Man, I've been fed and I've drank. I wish that that's the way it was. Well, you know and I know that after a while, the Bible says the brook dried up. Here's what I've come to tell you. You can get used to sitting in the same position so long that you won't even realize you're starving and there is nothing to eat and there's no water. 
you can get churchy and have the church be the three songs and an offering. You can get so many rituals and routine that you don't even know the spirit didn't even move tonight, but you got out at nine and you're at the Pizza Hut at 9.30 and you're in bed by 12 and the brook is dried up. You need to understand, you're not supposed to stay there. It's just temporary. You gotta move on. Elijah looked over there one day. Listen to what happened. And it came to pass after a while the brook dried up. And the word of the Lord, in other words, dummy, couldn't you see day to day that you're drinking less and less? Now if I sent you there to tell you I'm gonna sustain you, and suddenly what is sustaining you starts to run out. Wouldn't it be logical thinking that you should be talking to me about why there's not as much water here? But instead, you're satisfied to tell everybody God sent me here, but you're starving to death. You're not drinking, but you're in the will of God. Oh, I'm going to preach a little bit now. Is it getting on me? You're in the will of God. I've heard it say, I'm in the will of God right here. God sent me here and I'm going to stay here. But my question is, you can be in the will of God, but are you thriving or surviving? Because if you don't have the Holy Ghost walking by you and the Holy Ghost feeding you, then I've got a message for you. God ain't satisfied with where you are. He's got something better for you. My grandpa went here, my daddy went here, my papa did that, my papa, bless God, that's what I do. No, you're not hearing me. See, if you're not drinking and there's nothing to drink, you gotta come to your senses and say, if the Holy Ghost is my sustainer, if the Holy Ghost and the word of God is my meat and I'm not getting anything from where I am, then have I been in a spiritual position so long that God is drying it up because he's trying to get me up. God doesn't want us to just sustain ourselves on that first Holy Ghost experience. He doesn't want you to have that good drink of water and drink and drink and drink and suddenly new converts become old converts and old converts become rebellious bell cows and old rebellious bell cows, they ain't moving for nobody even when God says because they have the ritual down. They've got the proceeds down. They've got the procedures down. We're supposed to do this and we're supposed to do that and we're supposed to do this. Now, God, you can't move in the beginning of service and you certainly can't move in the office but you've got to wait till after the choir and then the preaching and then we'll have a little bit of this and a little bit of that and we'll all go home and everybody say it's church. Uh-uh, God is saying, I've got a job for you and I don't want you starving in the place where I put you. I want you to stay there for a while but I've got to get you into another dimension. I've got to get you into another level. Look at your neighbor and say, take it to another level. Take it to another level. You can get comfortable starving. 
I went on a fast one time. My wife told me, she said, have you seen how much weight you've lost? I said, no, I'm looking all right, ain't I? She said, you've got to have suspenders. You walk around preaching like this all the time. I wasn't even hungry. I done went past hunger. You can be starving spiritually and wear a necktie and a suit and drive up to the one God Jesus named church and sit there and never, never get fed. You got to take it to another level. You got to take it to another level. I had a pastor one time tell me, Brother Poe, I'm wore out. I said, I understand pastoring wears people out. You ought to be an evangelist. I get wore out going to church after church after church. Here's the way they do it. Once you get them cranked up, God bless you, Brother Poe. I hope to have you next year. Because they don't mind paddling the canoe when it's going downhill. But when a revival starts, that evangelist is paddling uphill because everybody's been wore out and wore down. I'm telling you right now, the church of the living God is not wore out. It's not wore down. We are a thriving, growing. We just need more blessings in the house. We just need more Holy Ghost in the house. We just need more services where the preacher don't get to preach. We need a move of the Spirit. We've got too many people that are sitting by the spot where God sent them and they've never gone any further. They've never cast out a devil. They've never prayed anybody through. They've never given a Bible study. They don't worship they don't clap their hands. They don't sing praises. They're just sitting there on the pew doing nothing. That is not the will of God in any church. I don't care if you're a one God Jesus named church. That is not the will of God for your church preachers. And if your people aren't cranked up, you need to find them a way to get cranked up. They got to take it to another level. You've got to take it to another level. Let, let, me, let me try to close here. See, see, we got into this thing years ago. I was in a meeting where I was told face to face, you need to quit dealing in spiritual issues and you need to concentrate on praying people through. That's the role of an evangelist by a well-known pastor in this whole big committee. And I looked down there and I thought, now what shit? did that dude fall off of? Because he's a pastor. His daddy was a pastor. His grandpa was a pastor. And he's telling me how to evangelize. And I said, hold on, brother. I got a scripture for you. I, I know that I'm just the evangelist. I know I'm the mop, the low man on the pole. But I got a scripture that bugging me, so I'm going to quote it to you. And he gave some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, comma, for perfecting, 
of the saints. Not for a harvest. Perfecting of the saints, comma, which means they will work the ministry, comma, which edifies the church. I said, what you want me to do is come in and pray a hundred sinners through that'll sit by another hundred sinners that are a member of your church. So you'll be pastoring 200 sinners but have a bigger income. I said, brother, I don't preach like that. He said, well, you'll never preach in my church. And I said, and I ain't never got you in my book either, honey. Let me tell you, you're not gonna intimidate me. You're not gonna tell me what I've gotta do. I've been mandated by God to preach the gospel. Go ye therefore into all. I need some saints to get perfected where they'll go out and give Bible studies and get crazy. And people will start coming, where in the world's that church? Where is it? need, I don't need all the media to advertise. Jesus didn't have no media. Excuse me. Excuse me. He got advertised word of mouth, multi-level marketing. You start having revival and you start getting your people cranked up. I had a man tell me, revival costs too much. Well, Brother Paul, by the time I fly you in and pay for your hotel, give you a salary. Brother, that's a lot of money. I looked at him, I said, sell a four-wheeler. Take one of them three cars of yours. You can only drive one at a time. Revival is not costly. Dead church is costly. Dead church is costly, pastors. You gotta go into your pulpit and you gotta see the mind of God for that city. You gotta say, God sent me here not to starve. God didn't send me here to do without. God sent me here to have revival and whatever I have to do to have revival, I'm having revival. Saints of God, come follow me. We're going into revival. There's something in another level. We've gotta get into another dimension. We gotta take it higher. Somebody holler, get in another level. Now, I'm trying to hurry. Listen to me. He said up here in verse four, he said, I've commanded ravens to feed you there. So get over there. When he got over there, there becomes here. Where you at? I'm here. But the Lord told you go over there. Well, I am there. I'm here. Because here and there is the same place if you ain't moving. God told me to go there and I'm there, so now there's here. Well, the Lord told me to go here. No, the Lord told you to go there. You just added something. You just added a T. You can add a little bit to the word of God and it becomes useless. Oh, Lord. Now, guess what Jesus or the Lord did right here? He said, I, I, I've gone, I want you to get up and, and, and I've commanded a widow woman to sustain thee, uh, where? Over there. The widow woman was there. In other words, you're here, 
and I sent you here when I was calling it there because God is never satisfied with you here. As soon as you get here, he's got something better for you and bigger for you over there. You just got to say I'm here for temporary, but after it's temporal, but I'm not going to be here long because I've got to over there somewhere. God's got something better for me. God's got something greater for me. God's got something, but I've got to have a, a next level mentality. I, I've got to say I'm not satisfied with what I'm doing and I'm not satisfied with what I'm seeing. There's got to be something over there. Look at somebody say, come on over there. Clap your hands, all ye people, and make a joyful noise unto the Lord. I want to get over there. But you can't get over there till you get up. It says arise. In other words, you've been sitting there Telling everybody about your experience, trying to self-talk yourself into believing you're still a prophet. Ain't prophesying to nobody. I had a lady over in Houston come up and say, I have a word of the Lord for you. I said, I got a word for the Lord for you. You can't get a word from him till you talk to him. All these people floating around, coming out from under every bush. I got a word for you. I got a word for you. Go pray. You see, the reason people follow that mess is because they have lost the discernment of the Spirit. You can't discern what's right and wrong and you'll be led astray by ever Tom, Dick, and Harry, Sally, and everybody else. He said, arise. I'm telling this church tonight, some of you need to get yourselves up. He didn't say, I'm gonna pick you up. He didn't say, I'm going to send a preacher to pick you up. He said, get up from where you are. I've got something else for you to do. It's not where you are. It is what you should be doing. It's over in Zarephath. Now, let me show you what Zarephath was. Oh, Elijah, was a, he was a bold man. He told them prophets of Baal, cut yourself, cut yourself, pray, scream, holler, bad to the bone till it come to Jezzy. He's scared to death of Jezebel. Telling all the other ones, I'm prophesying to kings and everything else. But the Jezebel's like, oh, my Jezebel, Lord, Lord, I'm up under this tree. Jezebel's chasing me. I, I, I can't understand why that dude just didn't turn and say, die. Well, he said, rain, and it rained. He said, quit, and it quit. He should have just knocked on her castle door. We'll speak to Jesse. Yes, I hate you. Die. Boom. He prophesied on everybody else and scared to death to prophesy on her. Preachers, you got to put your fear down if the Lord tells you. Just do what he says. Quit running and start fighting. Quit running and start leaping. Quit running and say, devil, I'm having revival. Devil, I don't care what kind of mess you think you can bring in my church. I'm having revival. I'm going to have it with the people until the people get so revived, they'll go out in the streets and the byways and the highways and we'll get them and compel them to come in. 
And so he says, I got, a, I got you to go over to Zarephath. You know what Zarephath was? Jezebel's backyard. He was like, Elijah, I want you to go over there in her backyard and have a miracle. Don't you know the devil hated that? It's like, I own Jezebel. I own Zarephath. And what in the world is this guy coming across that desert? Oh, I can't be. I just lost. Huh. What's he going to do? Because we all starving too. He's finna what? What'd you say? Do a what? Well, if he does a miracle in my backyard, I lose control. Because now everybody that's starving is going to say, well, wait a minute, there's this one little woman over there that's got everything she needs. Well, how'd she get that? I don't know this crazy man named Elijah. Well, let's go over to her house and eat. They were dying until he got there. They were dying like all of us until he got there. You know what, preachers? If we would get into a position to where the miraculous could be poured out in our churches. I believe the visitors we telling their other pastors, you can't do what they're doing over there, so I'll see you later, buddy. I gotta go because all I know is they prayed my money came back. They prayed my wife came back. They prayed my boy came back. They prayed my daughter got the Holy Ghost. That's all I know. I don't know everything there is to know about it, but I do know they pray, and I do know God answers, and I do know they're having revival. Look at somebody say, go to another level. Uh, you know, years ago, a few years ago, I was praying because we have these crusades. And um, evangelists in my organization don't do this, you know. And uh, so we have these crusades. Been going 10 years. They told me it'd be, nope, wouldn't make it. <laughs> anyway. So for 10 years later, they just don't say much. <laughs> yeah. Ain't much to say. And, um, but we was just kind of going through some finances, you know, because I don't, I, don't, I don't go into cities and raise a bunch of money. It's just the Lord tells me, go over here to this city, have this crusade. I'll call the preacher up. Man, we'll just put one together. In fact, tonight there was a man asked me, when are you going to put one in South Louisiana? I said, we got to have a building seat 800. That's all I know. And so, and so I'm on the floor, and I'm, and I'm praying, and I'm going, Jesus, have mercy, Lord. I've got all these bills. And, and, and the Lord said, I'm going to give you 1,000. I'm going to give you 10,000. I'm going to give you 100,000. And I know we're not supposed to talk about money. Because then everybody goes, he's got to be doing something wrong if he's that blessed. And he said, I'll give you a million well, it's the poor that inherit the kingdom. Where'd you see that? That's one of our fairy tales. <laughs> well, I, I got scripture for the poet. It's hard for a rich man to go to heaven because, see, it's hard for a rich man to go through the eye of the needle. It's better for a camel. So if you're rich, you're worse off than a camel. Where'd y'all get that? I've heard all that stuff. I'm like, dude, are y'all reading out the same? What kind of version are y'all reading out of? The, 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 the beggar's version? 
So I jump up off the floor and I go downstairs and I tell my wife, honey, the Lord just spoke to me. He said he'd give me a thousand. She went, yes. And I said, he said he'd give me 10,000. She went, hmm. I said, then he said he'd give us 100,000. She went, hmm. And I said, then he says he's going to give us a million. She went, ooh. Same mentality. Ooh, that's going to draw a lot of attention, Gordon. We don't need any attention. You know how hard it is when you get attention. And so I said, well, that's all I know. I got up there and I was just like y'all. I got up there and said, now, Lord, I might have missed it. So let me say that again, Lord. Now, you know, and he told me the same thing. Well, about a, about a two or three weeks later, I'm not for sure about the date. Two or three weeks later, I'll say, a lady, a little bitty old lady walks up to me and she said, now, what had got me in a financial situation is the Lord had told me to give $1,000 to an old lady, real old lady. I'm going to call her an elderly lady. But she was old. <laughs> I'm talking, that's a serious old lady, you know. And, and, and so I had money saved up for some suits. And, and so I went, $1,000, Lord, I ain't got but $1,000 saved up for them suits. They're going to sell. He said, get it. I was like, mm, man. So I'm just like every human. I'm thinking maybe he meant 100 I gave that lady that $1,000. I said, ma'am, the Holy Ghost told me to give you this. And I'm not going to I'm just going to tell you the way I felt when she took it and said, son, you're going to be blessed. I, my eyes were just like every other. Like, oh God. Took her 25 minutes to walk out of the building. For 25 minutes, I was hoping her purse would fall off her arm. Two, three weeks later, Little lady walks up, an old lady, elderly lady, walks up, said, Brother Paul. And I'm thinking, now, God, I ain't got another one. <laughs> I ain't got no more, Jesus. You know that? And she said, Brother Paul. And I was like, yes, ma'am. She said, the Lord told me to give you this. It was in the same exact kind of envelope that I'd given the other lady in a different city. I looked at that, and I said, ma'am, did uh, your pastor know this? She said, oh, yeah. I know the Lord's voice. I said, okay. I took it back to the hotel, and I did not get undressed first. I've heard people saying, I laid it on the chest of drawers for three days. Not this sucker. As soon as that door clicked, I went in there and ripped. And I started laying $100 bills out. It was 1000 Now, I know I'm in the hotel. I got, I got in trouble, but I just screamed, Thank you! About six or seven months went by, and I got to forgot about all that other money because now I got me some suits. Phone rings. My man says, you Gordon Poe? I said, yes, I am. Can you do, this is the way he said it, can you do what you preach? I said, who is this? That has a lot to do with what I preach. I said, who is this? He said, his name, and I said, uh, well, I don't know. What did I preach? He said, I've got a tape of yours. I'm not Pentecostal. I got a tape of yours that says you can cast out devils. I said, oh, yeah, I can do that right now. He said, well, my preacher can't. 
and I think my daughter's possessed. And I said, well, what church do you go to? He goes to the largest church in Houston, Texas, 30,000 people. And I said, where you live? He said, I live, and he told me the address, iron 45 minutes. I said, I'll be over there as soon as I can get there. I got my wife and my children in that vehicle. I said, we're finna go cast out a devil. I'm not going to pray on the phone, honey. We're going after it. We're going after it. I'm talking about driving an hour and 45 minutes to a man that lives all the way across the city. But my God is a healer. He's a deliverer. And the world needs to know it. Be seated. I got to close. And so I drive up to this big gate and I'm looking at my GPS system and I'm like, oh my Lord. My Lord. I'm looking at this and oh my. We might be at the wrong house. I started plugging it in. It goes, you're located there. And I was like, oh, the gate opens up. And I'm like, whoa. In the, in the driveway is a navigator, a Mercedes. I mean, two Mercedes and a navigator. And, and my children are looking around, you know, and I'm looking around. And I'm like, man, all right. Well, let's see. Um, how do you talk to these people? That's exactly what I was thinking. Oh, you don't need to walk up and be nice and eloquent because you know my God they're they're wealthy and, and they're used to you know prestige and, and all that and I need to be nice and here I am I've got a got a tie my God he didn't tell me it's rich I'd have put a suit and a tie on I, you know I'm in my blue jeans and tennis shoes with a ball cap on Jesus have mercy <laughs> lady opens the door knock on the door and real nice lady she says hi are you Mr. Poe? I said, yes, I am. She said, would you like to come into the to the foyer, the den, or whatever they call it, and, and, and maybe we can sit down and have a Coke and, and we can discuss things? And the Holy Ghost took over me. And I said, no, I ain't got time for all that mess. Where's that devil? I said, we'll drink a Coke after it's over with, but I've come to deliver your daughter from a demon. Honey, I'm telling you, it wasn't 20 minutes and that girl was speaking in tongues. That girl's head was plugged. Her mama was speaking in tongues and her daddy had a big old towel over his shoulder. He said, I ain't never felt anything like this ever. I've never felt anything like this ever. The world is looking for people that are called by his name that'll deliver what we say we can deliver. We gotta go to another level. Look at your neighbor and say, go to another level. Be seated. I'm closing. I'm through. Listen. I, now, that man's got a bath towel over his shoulder. He's bawling. His wife's speaking in tongues. My wife's real passive, real quiet. She's got her hand, Sister Randall knows her. She's got her hand on the lady's shoulder. My daughter had a hold of that girl's feet. In the name of Jesus. I was going, girl, go, girl, go. Get it, get it, get it, get it. We leave, start to leave, and, and the guy comes out and he had a little piece of 
yellow paper about that big. He said, I'm just going to say what he says. Is that all right, Bishop? It ain't a cuss word or nothing. Brother Bishop, I mean, Bishop went, sure. Oh. Wait a minute. I thought that was somebody else. That's Brother Poe. This could be a cuss word. I told the church I was preaching that the other night. I said, y'all all can just go to hell. Half of them stopped. And I went, I said, y'all always think that's a cuss word. I said, you ever heard two sinners talking to each other? Go to hell. You go to hell. I said, I stepped in between two of them one day and said, both of you going to hell. They're just telling each other the truth. They ain't cussing. They're prophesying nearly on each other. Better erase the tape on that, brother. I'll get it called in on that. Whew. I didn't say that. Where's that tape, man? Back that tape up, Jesus. This is a men's meeting, men's meeting. And uh, so that man walked out and he said, listen, he said, uh, I, I, I know how you Pentecostals are. He said, I'm going to ask you a question. I said, all right. He said, do, y'all, do you believe in somebody putting seed into your ministry? I said, well, I do. He said, well, I know y'all's fundamental doctrines don't allow that. I said, no, no, (laughs) no, no. It's a man-made theology somewhere. I don't know but all that. But I said, you can plant a forest in my ministry if you want to. (laughs) Son, if you plant it, I'll water it. That's what I thought about anyway. And uh, he said, well... He said, this is just a little something. He said, my daughter, my only child. And he said, I, I'm so delighted in what happened because I knew, knew something was wrong with her. So this is a little token of something. And uh, got in the car and backed out of the driveway. And, of course, I'm bragging on my kids. Hey, that's the way to go, kids. That's what you got to do. Looked over at my wife said, you prayed her hiding through, didn't you? She was just a grinning. I said, I saw you over had a death grip on her. You wasn't about to turn that woman loose. She got to go. She said, ooh And I said, well, here, he gave us a little offering. I said, probably about $100. We'll go out to eat tonight. Go out somewhere good. And all four of us get a steak or something. Driving down the road. She opens it up. I heard her breath go. And I said, what is it? She said, you need to look at this. I looked over at it. I wear contacts. I looked at it. I'm driving down the road. I said, how many zeros is that? $10,000. Now here's what the Lord said. A thousand, ten thousand, a hundred thousand, and a million. I just whooped the car off the side of the road and got out and said, thank God, here comes a hundred thousand. Because I believe the Lord is going to do what he says he will do. I believe we need to be, we're blessed beyond measure. It's going to be pressed down, heaped upon us. It'll be shaken until we can't hold anymore. We're going to go to another level. Look at your neighbor and say, I got to get to another level. My wife said, we're going to go out to eat tonight? And I said, yeah, we're going to go to McDonald's or something now that it's that much. 
if we don't arise, we'll be bragging. Oh, Jesus, help me. I got to close. You know, I am so sick of all the stories of yesterday's with a crew coming up that has never seen the story of the day. Now, elders, I'm not talking down to y'all. I am not bishop. I, I honor my elders more than you would ever imagine. I, I, I've got an elder on my payroll right now. He, he's an, he's an, he, he was an old evangelist, and, and he lost everything, and, and now he's waiting on hand and foot at Walmart, and I'm giving him money every month because I just ain't going to see no old preacher do without. And, and I, I'm just not going to do that. I, that's just maybe I shouldn't have said that, but I'm just not going to do that. And so, so... I'm not saying anything. I'm saying we, I know where we came from. I'm glad where we came from. But what we've done is we have made a monument of the things of the past. And we have nothing to tell anybody that he did yesterday. So we've got young ministers. We've got young men that are saying, I hear it preached, but I ain't felt it. I hear it preached, but I ain't seen it. I'm telling you, those days are over. We've got to get ourselves together. We've got to arise to the occasion. We've got to arise and we've got to say, I'm going to be the new generation. I'm not afraid of Jezebel. I'm not afraid of the miraculous. I want a supernatural move of God. I don't care what the cost is. I know there's a price, but I don't care what the price is. I've got to have a demonstration. Look at somebody and say, we've got to have it. You can be seated. Let me tell you one little story. I went to a camp meeting years ago. I don't go to many of those functions and because uh, I don't like fashion shows. I'm sorry. That's just the way I don't like it. And I, I just don't think that you can get 16,000. Oh, listen to this. <laughs> I've said this as so much. It's got me so much trouble. I don't understand how you can get 16 supposedly Holy Ghost-filled individuals in the same building and can't get nobody out of a wheelchair. Are you crazy? Raise $5 million and can't get a headache healed. Don't make sense to me. I'm a bishop. I'm under your authority. That kind of mess just irritates me. You got somebody with a withered hand and there's somebody else doing all this other stuff and a withered hand and nobody gets healed, nobody gets prayed for the sick, nobody does nothing and we say we had a great crusade or a great conference or a great whatever, whatever, whatever. Uh -uh, I ain't never seen that in the Bible yet. Jesus went into cities and shook them up by healing the sick and we're going to have revival in America. I'm telling you, it's going to come when the miraculous hits our churches. I don't care where you go to church. If the miraculous is going to happen, people are going to come. People are going to show up. And, and, uh, we, 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 we've, we've bragged about nothing. I heard this one the other day. I'm like, where did y'all hear all this? The greatest revival the world has ever seen is in progress right now. I was like, really? Well, I have never heard yet of any city in America that was astounded by a move of God. But I can read it in there everywhere he went. They were amazed. They had never seen it on such fashion. They were astounded and came. I've never heard of that ever. And then this individual went on to say, there's more people receiving the Holy Ghost than ever before. 
and gave some statistics. Well, I have a GED. So I went home and looked up the document he claimed to be reading from, and here's what the document said. Pentecostalism. Pentecostalism. Parentheses. Charismatic. It didn't say anything about Jesus' name, people. It said Pentecostalism, charismatics. Well, there's a lot of people speaking in tongues, but that is not the revival. The revival is being baptized in Jesus' name. That's when you come into the bride. It's the infilling of the Holy Ghost and the water baptism. That's how you get in the bride. That's when you get the promises. That's when you get the inheritance. Come on, do you believe that? I'm talking about we've got to have that kind of revival. We've got to have that kind of move of God. So we need an operation of the Spirit. We need a new generation that'll say, I saw it yesterday. I was preaching in California the other night and uh, the Lord told me to teach. And every once in a while, he'll slow me down and I'll start teaching. And I'm like, Lord, I, I, you know, I've got a message, but I have not, nothing to teach. And all the way up the pulpit, Bishop, I'm thinking, teach? Oh, Lord, what am I going to teach? And he told me a scripture in Genesis. And, you know, they're praying. I'm saying, okay, y'all keep praying. And I'm looking for it like, oh, Jesus. Found it. Read it. Revelation just jumped off the page. Oh, my God. That's it. That's the clue. So I start teaching it. And it was kind of like the Bible says, he'll put words in your mouth. He just began to put words in my mouth. And I was just walking around teaching. And I had no notes. I'm going to get my own tape. And, 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 and I was going, oh, my God. And while I'm talking, Revelation just comes to me. And I'm going, oh, my God. Oh, that's it. And, and all of a sudden, right over here, there, there's a young girl that's about 17, they tell me now, about 17 years old, that puts her hands out and starts mumbling and, 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 and making some noise. And I didn't know. I didn't pay any attention. Just kept teaching. And the minute that noise got louder, and I kind of looked over there, and, and her head's down. I thought she was praying. Her hands were extended out like this. And I kept teaching. And the, the more revelation the Spirit was giving me, the worse her voice was getting. Until finally I looked over there and I thought, I think that girl's got a devil. There's a bunch of people around her. The place was packed, a bunch of people around her, and they thought she was speaking in tongues. But I began to listen, and it was murdering. It was mumbling. It was mumbling. It was like, and it just kept getting louder and louder. And pretty, I said, this is, this is mutterings. And I start to reach over there like, oh, and the Holy Ghost said, don't. Don't mess with her. I just kept teaching. It got louder. It got louder. And she began to rock in the pew, and it got louder and louder. And the people started praying with her. And all of a sudden, it dawned on some people. And the bishop walked up to me, and he said, did you think a girl's got a devil? I said, I know she's got one. He said, are you going to go cast it out? I said, well, the Lord told me to stand right here for a reason. I don't know why. And after about 10 minutes of them wrestling with her and all that, I walked over there, and I started climbing over the pews and telling everybody to get out of my way. When I leaned down in her ear, that devil grew grabbed me by one arm and hit me six times in the shoulder before I could even move. Quickest hits I've ever seen. Just bam, 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 six times. And I said, hey, 
your arms down. Her arms went down. I said, stand her up. That devil stood that girl up. I said, open up her eyes. That devil opened up her eyes. And I said, do you hear me? I said, girl, what's your name? And this little bitty girl's voice said, Christy. I said, can you hear me? She said, yes, sir. I said, what I'm talking to is not you. I said, now you other thing that's come up in my service, trying to mess up my service. Listen to what I'm telling it. Trying to mess up my preaching. Acted a fool in my church house. I said, do you see what's in my forehead? Look at my forehead. That thing turned around, looked. I said, the word of Christ is in my forehead. Do you see what I'm robed with? I am robed in Christ. Do you see what's stamped in the Lamb's book of life? I am a living representation of Jesus Christ manifest on this planet, and you will not control this girl. You have one minute to leave her body. I looked at my watch, and I counted down one minute. After one minute, brother, I touched her on the face. She went in the floor, and those devils were falling out out of her, I said, stand her up and go pray her through. She was baptized in Jesus' name, spoke in tongues when the Holy Ghost came. Why? Because we gotta go to another level. We've gotta go to another level. We've got to go to another level, people. It's not the same old, same old any longer. It's got to be another level. Everybody remain standing. We gotta go to another level. You've got to have some power. You've got to have a relationship. This is not about a suit and a tie and a card. This is a relationship. You've got to say, I'm going to fight the devil in his own territory. I want some of you young guys to get out of that balcony and come down here. You young men, I want you to come up here right now. You're living in a world that says everything is all right. You're living in a world where the majority of preachers say everybody's a victim. You're living in a world where everybody now preaches a feel-good message. Ain't nobody repenting, nobody crying, nobody changing. You're living in a world these elders went to intimidating spirits and somehow, I'm gonna preach a little bit, Bishop. I don't know what's got into us. We, you, young people expect it easy. Just wait till a man dies and I'm the next pastor. Where'd you get that? I'm I'm in a medal. You want it easy because everybody in our world now expects it easy. 